Mario Andretti. That's all you need to say. Just say the name Mario Andretti. Everybody knows you're talking about racing royalty. In 2000, the Associated Press named him the race car driver of the century. And I don't need to read off his resume, but I did read up a little bit before talking to him. And you forget some of the different accomplishments. Winning a Daytona 500, winning the Indianapolis 500, um, winning on Formula One. But knowing the whole backstory, how his parents brought him and his brother Aldo to Pennsylvania. I think they were about five or six years old at the time. Dad left Italy with hundred dollars in his pocket something along those lines and then mario and his brother just got into racing started building cars riding on the dirt tracks kenny wallace is going to love this the great mario andretti open wheel driver extraordinaire was racing on dirt tracks in pennsylvania getting his start and i noticed about a year ago i don't remember what the story was it must have been something indie related when the indie cars were at worldwide technology raceway because Mario Andretti liked the tweet. And then I looked and he was following me on Twitter. And I don't know why. So I always thought, oh, we got to track him down at some point. And then when I was at Dick Vermeil's house in April in Pennsylvania, doing the story about his ranch, but also talking about getting the induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he was talking to all the different people he had heard from and said only two people actually picked up the phone to call him. One was Mario Andretti. And the other was Peyton Manning. So I said, we got to get him on, and we'll wait till it's race week in St. Louis with the Indy cars coming to town, which is this Saturday. It's a 5 o'clock start, Bomberito 500. Uh, Michael Andretti's team has got a car, maybe two, in the, the race on the circuit this year. But this conversation with Mario Andretti is about his entire career, favorite moments, if he can even pick. What was the backup plan when you're a young kid who said, I'm going to be a race car driver? Was there a backup plan? Driving for Paul Newman all those years. How did Paul Newman get into racing? I'd always sort of wondered that, and he paired with Mario Andretti for many years. So we talk about Paul Newman, also one of my more, not embarrassing moments, but very awkward for sure, in the early days that I was at Fox 2 and Paul Newman was at Gateway, the track across the river. So Mario Andretti, racing royalty. I'd always heard from other people that he's a true gentleman. And obviously I'd never met him before. We taped it over Zoom, and he was great. So hopefully you'll enjoy this racing conversation about a great American life, Mario Andretti. The Kill Coin Conversation presented, as always, by Triad Bank, St. Louis-based bank since 2005. All your banking needs, residential, commercial, home, car, business, they can take great care of you. It's the neighborhood-friendly bank. On Clayton Road, in Frontenac, triadbanking.com. And because it's based here, all the decisions are made right here in St. Louis. Find out what it's like to have a bank that likes you, that isn't rude when you show up, isn't closed, or nobody's at the window. There's always people in the lobby, just a great organization. It is Triad Bank. How about B&G Tuckpoint? And they are the best in the bricks. And I was thinking Mario Andretti was the best on the bricks at the Brickyard. Win in the Indy 500. BG Tuck Pointing can do foundation repair, waterproofing, in addition to the tuck pointing, which makes the chimney, the home, the garage, anything brick, make it look new again. It really does make a huge difference. Lived in South City for a while. They came and did my garage, which was, I just knew it looked bad. (laughs) 
and I didn't know what to do with the bricks. They did some tuck pointing, and they looked brand new again. Great work, great family. BG stands for Bella and Gabby. That's Rich Galati's daughters. He named the company after his daughters. BG, tuckpointing.com is where you can check out some of their work or get a free estimate at 314-363-0525. 314-363-0525. Marie Davila Senior Living. They're at Clayton and Weidman Road. You can't miss it if you're ever driving along Clayton or on Weidman. It's right there at the intersection. Beautiful 60-acre campus. They've been there since 1960. Villa Estates, assisted living, every level of memory, memory care in addition. Um, whatever you're looking for in your retirement years, great services at Marie de Villa. Take a virtual tour, M-A-R-I-D-E-V-I-L-L-A, mariedevilla.com, the premier spot for senior living. And Appliance Discounters, theappliancediscounters.com, that's the website Five area locations. Started with one, but it's grown because the model makes sense. It works. Biggest names in the appliance world sold at the lowest prices. Appliance discounters. Their savings are your savings. It's that simple. When you check out the price tag, they've already gone to the big box stores around town. They'll tell you exactly what that item costs across the street. They do the price checking so you don't have to. General Electric, of course, they carry all their merchandise. Type it into the search engine, General Electric, washer, dryer, stove, refrigerator, and then check for some GE rebates on top of the already low prices. TheAppliancedDiscounters.com for all your appliance needs. And here it is, the KillCoin Conversation with the legendary Mario Andretti. Mario, I was at Dick Vermeil's house, the, the Hall of Fame coach, and he's telling me how many people he had heard from. And so many people, you know, send beautiful letters or they text or whatever. He said, you know what people don't do anymore? They don't pick up the phone and call you. And he said, two people called me, Peyton Manning and Mario Andretti. And I said, holy crap, that's about as good as it gets. Have you known Coach over the years with your Pennsylvania roots? Oh, yes, indeed. I've known him for quite some time. As a matter of fact, uh, uh well, during the, the Super Bowl weekend, uh, I had a stop in uh, Miami on my way to Argentina, the Grand Prix, <laughs> early in the season in Formula One, and uh, and and I called over there. And uh, anyway, so uh, and then I learned that they lost the game to to, to Oakland, you know, to the Raiders. Uh, and uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, we go way back. We've got an Indy race coming up in St. Louis this week, and I know Michael has raced there. I'm, I'm wondering, did you ever test or anything? Would you have ever been through at Gateway back in the day? No, I did not. That was uh, that came on the scene uh, after I retired. I retired from IndyCar in 1994. You know, so um, yeah, uh, I don't know how close to after that when when they came on the scene, but. Uh, I know, as I said, that Michael drove it there, and and I think he even has a win there. Yeah, in fact, the race that he won, after they, they gather everybody with him, then they bring out Paul Newman to talk to reporters. And I remember there was a handful of us talking, and Michael had been in a little bit of a drought at the time. And I made some comment about, you know, they were wondering if he could get out of this slump or they – and then Paul Newman looked up and looked straight at me, and he said – who are they? And I was about 28 years old, and I just about crapped my pants. I said, oh, my God, Paul Newman just called me out. And I just sort of stuttered and said, uh, uh, I don't know. 
But he, <laughs> he, I, I'm sure you weren't intimidated by him, but I think a lot of people were when they would see Paul Newman. Well, yeah, it's easy to be intimidated by someone that's bigger than life, uh, like he was. And, uh, but, uh, he was one of the boys, let me tell you, you know, this, uh, he, he loved the sport, uh, uh, from the standpoint that he just really felt connected and um, and everybody else, uh, you know, felt at ease once you got to know him, you know. But uh, he um, he was, for me as a friend, I look back at uh, how fortunate I was, you know, to have had him in my life for so many years. I met him, I first met him in 1967. <laughs> so uh, we go way back. Yeah, what what is the initial meeting like, and when do you figure out, hey, he's really into motor racing? How did that happen? Well, I'll tell you quickly. In '67, I was driving uh, Can Am, and we were in Bridgehampton, Long Island, and uh, I was driving the Ford Can Am car, the honker, and all of a sudden, on Sunday morning, I see uh, the the thing only had Ford, you know, the white oval on the car. But the Sunday morning, I see big Paul Newman in front of my car. And I said, oh, my goodness. And I said, oh, he's here with uh, with Joanne. And uh, that's when I was intimidated, actually. <laughs> but I, let me tell you, I took him for a ride in uh, one of Pace cars, one of the Shelby Cobras uh, Mustangs. And um, and I think, uh, I think he... I fast, he became fascinated with what was going on because he was white knuckly pretty good because the track at uh, Bridgehampton is uh, a lot of blind corners, elevation changes, you know, can't see on the other side. And, um, and you know, Lord and behold, about uh, a year later in 68, he does this uh, movie winning about racing in Indianapolis. I don't know if that was a coincidence uh, or what, but then soon after that, you know, he goes and applies for a, a SCCA license to drive um, in SCCA. So uh, the racing bug did bite him somehow uh, during that period. And then he became, uh, he owned a Can-Am team and so on and so forth. And we stayed in touch because, you know, he offered me a drive there. Then, then I was instrumental in putting uh, the, together him and Carl Haas on a partnership uh, for the team that I drove for for 12 years to the end of my career in IndyCars. Was he, was he hands-on? Did he comment a lot about people's driving or about the car? Did, how involved was he? He was involved enough that uh, he totally understood. He was totally engaged uh, in the sport. He wanted to know all the details, everything uh, about it. And, uh, uh, you know, whenever we would have, uh, you know, usually the, uh, the, the, the debriefing that we would have, he would sit in quietly, but uh, take it all in. And um, so, again, he, uh, he, he thoroughly, thoroughly uh, enjoyed being part of the sport, no question about it. And uh, he just loved to have a beer with the boys, you know, after the event and so forth. And, uh, yeah. He uh, he was uh, quite uh, quite quite the story, you know, as far as the Newman House team. I think people think of Mario Andretti and they picture, you know, Open Wheel or Formula One or Indy, but you did some dirt track, right? When you were a young kid, is that? I, I talked to Kenny Wallace a lot here in St. Louis. He and his brother Rusty, and they always say that that's where it begins. Normally, it's in a, a neighborhood backyard. There's a local track. Tell me about your dirt track days. Well, you know, I drove dirt 
track racing, you know, like uh, when I was coming through the ranks, I started, you know, with stock cars uh, locally, half mile tracks, and uh, then, you know, got into midgets and sprint cars and then uh, uh, the dirt, you know, the champ cars, which were the, going for the national championship. You had dirt track race. I mean, 1969, in fact, just to give an, an example, uh, that championship, I won races on the dirt. I even won Pikes Peak with a dirt track car and uh, road races and, uh, and, you know, short over the super speedway. You know, there was that much, uh, uh, you know, versatility in the series. And, uh, but I, you know, I'm, I'm probably the only one that has really gone from a dirt track to a Formula One car the same weekend, <laughs> which I did <laughs> between the Italian Grand Prix in Monza and the Hoosier 100 in Indianapolis. That was uh, uh, it was in it was in nineteen seventy. Trying to think, uh, actually, sixty eight, nineteen sixty eight. Do you have a preferred? I mean, is there? Can you pick a favorite? I hate when people say that about our kids, right? But do, between Formula One and Indy, was there one you had the most fun in since you did so many different circuits? You know, Martin, uh, the fun is to be able to uh, bring back results. You know, that's the ultimate satisfaction, uh, no matter what discipline you're in. Uh, for me, uh, it was a great challenge that I just love to, to, to you know, to, to, to deal with, uh, uh, to be able to, uh, to move around from different, you know, different cars with different characteristics uh, and just learn what the, you know, how to really adapt to all those things, nuances and uh um, and I, I love dirt track racing, quite honestly. I think, it, believe it or not, it helped me even in Formula One it, where on the wet races. Why? Because on a dirt track, you always you change your line. You're always looking for grip because the conditions change, and that's the same thing in the wet. And so can you believe that? And nobody would ever believe that, that that sort of helped me, you know, in, uh, in the other discipline. So... Uh, everything is somewhat correlated. I always felt that uh, moving around the different disciplines, uh, it just uh, it widens your dimension to some degree, but there's always something that applies from one side to the other. So, you know, experience is golden, no matter what, uh, uh, as far as our sport, to be able to, uh, to really understand things. And the biggest thing is to be able to adapt. You know, because uh, everything just requires a different approach and uh, uh, a little bit of a different skill factor. And uh, and it's about understanding, you know, what that animal wants before it bites you. <laughs> You're a young kid when you end up in the U.S. Did, did you ever have any other vision beyond racing? When did Mario Andretti say, this is, this is how I'm going to make a living? This, when did you know that? At what age? Martin, I can tell you, uh, we were still in a refugee camp in Italy at age 14, 1954, when I saw um, my brother Aldo and I, uh, some friends took us to see, to watch the Italian Grand Prix. My idol, Alberto Scotti, was there, and of course, Ferrari, Maserati, even the Mercedes was there, you know, in full swing. And, um, and from then on, there was no plan B in my life and had no idea, yeah, obviously, what was going to happen. But, uh, no, but as, a, as a young lad, you're, you're allowed to dream. And, uh, 
And that's that's what stayed with me when we came to the States. Two years after we arrived, Aldo and I and four other buddies, we started building a race car to race uh, locally. And uh, in 1959, age 19, I started and uh, my career was uh, flat out until 1994. And then I raced uh, four more times in uh, in the 24 hours of Le Mans. And, um, and that was it. My last professional race was in the year 2000. Did your parents ever try and talk you out of it? Did they say, oh, no, you got to be a doctor, a lawyer, or were they good with it? My dad, we didn't dare tell my dad that uh, we were racing because he would have stopped it. I mean, only because uh, it's a natural reaction from parents. You know, in those days, a lot of the news, especially if you're not a race fan, the more the new, most news that uh, capture your attention were the, you know, the, the, the fatalities. And uh, so that's really what my dad uh, would have definitely stopped us. But uh, uh, we didn't dare tell him. We raced a whole full, a whole first full season the first year, and we only found out the very last race of the season uh, where my brother Aldo got hurt uh, pretty badly actually. So uh, that's how he learned, and he felt so some sort of vindication. But uh, uh, we caught hell uh, the following season when uh, he learned that we were racing again. You know so. Uh, then he became the biggest fan, obviously, as uh, time went on. When he realized that, you know what, that's what it's going to be. Uh, so um, there's there's no way I was going to give up uh, the sport no matter what. Did you ever try and talk Michael or Jeff out of doing it? Did you ever say, oh, no, do something else? No, no. I think all, all I always said was, uh, uh, you know, make a choice in your life. Uh, that's what it should be. And uh, – and uh, I, one thing that I tried to make the point is uh, uh, don't think you have to do this or you, you know, because maybe I would like to see you do it. Uh, but if you're going to do it, uh, you know, do it because you have a passion for it. And if not, just pursue whatever you think you should be pursuing. What's the different emotion? Now, when you're driving, uh, you're intense, you're locked in. But what about when it's your kids out there? Is it hard? For, was it hard for you to watch? Yeah, it is actually. I, I didn't realize that until after I came out of the cockpit, and that's when I, uh, that's when I understood what actually my wife all those years was going through. You know, because uh, on the sidelines, it's a totally different situation. Uh, when I was even on the track, on the same track with my own kids, with Mike and Jeff, and so forth, you almost feel like you have some control over things. You know, it's not true, but. On the sideline, I know what they're up against, and uh, I can never watch the start. You know, always watch the engineers, you know, if, uh, they go, oh, oh, oh they're smiling. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, I'm the, uh, I always say, the proverbial nervous Nelly on the sideline. When, when you were at your peak and everyone in the world knew Mario Andretti, did anybody ever recognize you that surprised you? I mean, did presidents walk by or Sinatra? Did anybody ever – Say, hey, what's up, Mario? And you're like, holy crap, they know who I am. Uh, yeah, it's happened a few times. I don't know if I can pick one out at, at, at the moment, but sometime, uh, you know, I figure, well, I'm, you know, I'm surprised that, uh, you know, he knows that, uh, you know, uh, that I, that I do something. <laughs> and people still say, and I'm talking about husbands and wives, people in their car, if somebody gets a heavy foot on the pedal, they'll say, who do you think you are, Mario Andretti? I mean, people 
you you're such a brand and people will still say slow down mario andretti they might yell out their window at somebody going down the highway who do you think you are mario andretti i mean it's pretty unbelievable and then the kid the immigrant kid comes to the u.s and and you're about as famous as it gets when it comes to racing does it ever blow you away oh it does i think it's uh, even though as you say when they're when they're thinking of that maybe they're a bit naughty it's still quite a compliment for me <laughs> Now, and you've had all these great moments, and then Pixar put you in the movie Cars. You got to play yourself. What was that like? That was kind of neat. Uh, it was kind of cute to to be uh, to be asked to do that. Uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, it's fun when I, a lot of kids sometimes, uh, you know, when we have autograph sessions or something, and the parents say, oh, this is the guy that's in, that was in the Cars movie, you know, it's all that sort of thing. So kind of cute. Do you still enjoy watching? Do you watch all the different circuits? Would you watch? Oh it yes, yeah. you watch it all. Yeah, absolutely. I I want to stay up on things. Uh, I mean, uh, and I love uh, I love all the major disciplines. No question. Uh, uh, I mean, it's my life, uh, and the fact that uh, also you know have family involved, uh, all that uh, that that even makes it that much stronger uh, for me. And uh, but um, yeah, I mean. Uh, uh, we still live and breathe motorsports, no question. And I, I just interviewed a young man, Devlin uh, DeFrancesco, who's going to be racing yeah. in St. Louis, part of the Andretti uh, team, right? Tell me yeah. about your involvement these days. Well, here again, uh, uh, Michael's team is Michael's team. I don't, uh, I'm not involved in any way uh, other than, you know, I uh, obviously I'm uh, the big cheerleader there. Um, and I'm available for anything, and I love to talk to the drivers, as you can imagine. Uh, and uh, and again, uh, and basically, uh, I enjoyed driving a two-seater, you know, just giving some fans and, and maybe even uh, – I, I love to, especially individuals from other sports, you know, to give them an, an experience in, in our car. Just uh, Usually they come away with different perspective, a different uh, appreciation, actually – what the sport is all about and uh yeah the, the two-seater program is fabulous and it just keeps me in shape among other things yeah who are some sports celebs from football baseball basketball that said hey l- let me get behind that wheel let me try that you've been able to introduce the motorsport to well i you know uh you name it i mean i've had uh i mean uh, football i've had uh uh, Steph Curry, you know, from uh, had several, you know, this, uh, uh, basketball players. Uh, at, uh, oh man, I I would have to just look back, but uh, you'd be surprised how many individuals from different sports, you know, have ridden with me. Well, Steph Curry, that's a pretty big name. I would think basketball it's tough for the guys who get to be too tall, right, to fit. Yeah, you'd be surprised. And, and the car that uh, that I'm driving, actually, uh, they, they I can put in there some pretty tall people. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's very special that car for for that type of thing, and uh, so I can accommodate, uh, you know, uh, the people, you know, that pretty good size. How, how could you could you compare winning at Daytona, and then two years later you win at Indianapolis? What's what was the different emotion there? How were they similar in any way when those moments happened to you at such a young age too? Or uh, how different were they? Well, Martin, uh, winning is winning, and especially uh, those events, you know, like uh, Daytona, as you could see that uh, that's a crown jewel 
you know, for NASCAR and then Indy the same. I mean, but a victory to me, uh, it's the same satisfaction almost everywhere, except that those are long lasting because everybody remembers those and they keep reminding you. Uh, so from a career standpoint, those are the ones that are most valuable. And it's amazing here in the United States, especially in IndyCar, uh, that one, Indy, the Indy race, uh, it brings something, you know, on a table more than even a national championship, which is unfair, but that's the way it is. So, um, yeah, it's a big weight off your shoulders when you, uh, when you put that one away. So I was talking about being famous and being Mario Andretti. How often have you been in Italy, and can you walk around there without people? Are you how recognized are you even when you go overseas? I'm recognized, yeah, no question. Uh, and you know, it's 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 a great thing. But uh, you know, I've been around, and you know, in Italy, whether you know Italy, whether I'm in France or whatever, it doesn't matter. It seemed like uh, you know my days in Formula One. Uh, you know, I spend a lot of time. You know, I. Let's face it, I, I drove, uh, you know, I drove in one in six continents, you know. That's, that's so um, I had a lot of exposure there you know, over the years. So if I told the kid who arrived in Pennsylvania, a little kid, hey, later on you're going to accomplish this, you're going to be voted by the Associated Press, the driver of the century, you're going to win all these big races. Would, would, was that bigger than your dream even back then? Oh, yes. Yeah, no question. Uh, I, I've been so blessed. Uh you can imagine, like I said, uh, you know, all I wanted to do is just say, uh, God, please uh, <laughs> give me the strength, give me the opportunity to uh, to be a race driver and make a living doing that. You know, I'd let it, that be my job, my only job. And uh, and with that, I would have been satisfied enough. And the rest, everything else just uh, was uh, uh, in a caveat, you know, just, uh, you know, icing on a cake. A final thought, the indie circuit's getting fairly popular again. I know they went through a little bit of a lull. What have you observed? And, and our race here gets about 40,000 people, which is right up there, other than Indy, one of the bigger crowds. What do you uh, attain, What do you think is happening right now that's making it a little bit popular once again? Oh, the IndyCar series is really, really in a good place right now. And, I mean, uh, as far as the uh healthy the teams are and uh we have a field i mean you got 26 28 cars starting every race you know and no problem coming up to 33 more cars for indianapolis so yeah the series is healthy but uh uh that's not only the teams but it's the talent the depth of talent that you have there uh with the veterans you know still young enough to be around uh, for, you know, to perform for for quite a long time, and then you got the younger set that uh, really promising uh, young talents that uh, obviously assures the future. So um, it's uh, I, it's lovely to watch because it's so unpredictable. That series is so competitive, and um, you, you know you look back how many winners we've had, uh, you know, throughout the season, and uh, if you're going to try to predict who's going to win. In St. Louis, a gateway. Uh, there's no way. I mean, it's uh, that's a beauty about it. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I look forward to those races like you can't believe. You know, obviously, I have my favorites. You know, but uh, uh, you know, don't don't be surprised if there is a surprise on any any given weekend. Well, Coach Ramil told me you were a prince of a guy, just wonderful. I appreciate you taking time, and I know folks in St. Louis 
Love hearing from you, especially with Indy on our brain this week. And we're looking forward to the race. Thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Martin. Well, that was a lot of fun for me. And, and as I, I put the picture out to promote the segment, somebody said, kind of looks like Lee Corso. And I would say, yeah, a younger Lee Corso. Mario Andre looks great. He's 83, looks to be in great health, and could not have been more pleasant, more polite, and setting the table for an indie race in St. Louis. And you talk to people like John Bomarito or Curtis Francois, and they'll tell you how the indie circuit is just on fire right now, doing great. And we don't follow it as close as maybe we should. But to hear Mario Andretti talk about how competitive and how great the circuit is right now, that's a pretty strong endorsement on top of the others. The Kilquin Conversation, talking Cardinals, talking racing. And we've got an upcoming visit with uh, Mayor Slay, the former mayor of St. Louis. 16 years in that office. So not just sports. Every once in a while we're going to venture away. But... We walk back through the Rams exit, how frustrating that process was. Also, the Cardinals in the early 2000s were looking to get a stadium deal done. Mark Lamping famously said, hey, if we have to, we will we'll go to Illinois and build a stadium over there. How contentious was that? But also some bigger picture topics. Downtown, how does St. Louis handle crime? Is there a, a way to get a better handle on it? And Francis Lay now has a new job that's crime-related for our region. So that's an upcoming segment on the show. You can always find every segment at scoopswithdannymack.com, Spotify, iTunes. It's real simple, the Killcoin Conversation. And I love to tell people this, that some of the back segments, if you, you know, a year ago, it still holds up. When we talked to Bob Costas, the whole segment was about the art of interviewing. We've done segments with Tony LaRusso just about Albert Pujols and his arrival to the team. Uh, so if you get a chance, road trip, workouts, in the yard, whatever, check out the Kilcoin Conversations, one of the past segments as well. They're all there at scoopswithdannymack.com or on iTunes, Spotify. I hate that se- that line everyone says, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's now required. Everybody says it. And wherever you get your podcasts. But I guess it also is true. The Kilcoin Conversation presented, as always, by the great sponsors, Triad Bank, B&G Tuck Pointing, Marie de Villa Senior Living and Appliance Discounters. So if you're in the market for any of the above, a bank, senior living, tuck pointing, appliances, make sure you let them know that you heard Martin talking about them right here on the Kilcoin Conversation. We'll talk to you again soon.